Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of This Korean Life, coming to you from Ulsan City. Today's podcast is brought to you by We Hope, the only foreign-run NGO based in the southern part of the peninsula. It is dedicated to working with disadvantaged youth, fostering growth and awareness in the communities, and improving the lives of those in need. We Hope runs a variety of programs and fundraising events in Ulsan, Busan, and Daegu. If you'd like to volunteer or make a donation, please visit the website at www.wehopekorea.org or check them out on Facebook. That website again is www.wehopekorea.org. This podcast is also brought to you by Sticky Fingers, open nightly from 7 p.m. Shill and his staff are ready to serve you hot food and cold drinks. Sticky's is well is a well-known place to enjoy live music, hang out with friends, and play games. Wednesday's Wing Night and Friday offers 1 plus 1 well cocktails until 11 p.m. Uh, it is located in the heart of the action downtown Samsundong, next to Thursday Party, behind Lotte Department Store. Ladies and gentlemen, today's uh, guest is Mauricio. He's a, he's a former teacher in Ulsan, coming to you from Los Angeles, but, but he currently lives in Colombia, uh, where he's married with his wife and daughter. Uh, very interesting to see. He came back, I think, for he's back for a week because he really misses Ulsan, the expat community here, and, uh, and Korean culture uh, in general. Uh, the podcast touches on issues such as globalization, uh, multicultural kids, traveling, education, family, all those fun things. So, uh, we had a great time sitting down with them and we're happy to, uh, we're happy to meet up again with them. So I hope you guys enjoy. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life. Today, we have the one and only Mauricio Gutierrez. Gutierrez. <laughs> <laughs> Been practicing that. But anyways, welcome. Uh, welcome back. Listen, uh, our usual format is introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. But I think today we should start with what, what, are, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're uh, you're back for a five day for a five day stint in uh, in, in Korea. Tell us free pass from the wife. A free pass, yeah. What's uh, what's going on? Well, I needed to get back to. Uh, I'm originally from L.A. I live in Medellin, Colombia, so um, I needed to uh, check in with my friends in Los Angeles and my old college friends. So we had like a little reunion and went to a Dodger game and everything. And uh, this year is my year of sabbatical. So I have a year off. Uh, so I decided to take a look at uh, some flights and I found a cheap flight uh, to uh, Korea for about 550 bucks. I think it was a great deal. Nice. Absolutely. How, how much was the cab to the Norebang? Because <laughs> your voice there <laughs> sounds like you had a good night out the other night. But I miss kimchi. I, I wanted to see how much Ulsan has grown and to see uh, what type of opportunities are out here um, for uh, English. I, I, I was thinking of a, of a Mr. G's English Cafe, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. So I we we know so many people that have come and gone over the years, but not many come not not many come back. We always joke that you'll be back in a couple of years, but the ones. I mean, lots of them leave permanently, and most of the ones who come back are married, and they come back because their wife's families are from here, and they're coming to visit. But you're the one of the first guys I know who just came back just 
to see what's going on and hang out and have some kimchi and come back for the food. What 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 is it that you really missed, or why why did you really want to to make it back? Well, I just love Korea. Yeah. I love the the people, the culture, the food, especially. Ulsan um, is a great city. It's just like Medellin, Colombia. It's a it's a beautiful city. Um, it's not the the capital, and um, I just wanted to see how much it's grown, and it's grown so much. And it's great to see you guys. We uh, we were talking the other day <clears throat> about also visiting uh, visiting the same place or mm-hmm. you know a place you visited at, at different stages in your at different stages in your life. You know when you were here, you were a single guy. Yes, right. You were a single guy. A lot of fun. Now <laughs> now you're now you're married with uh, with a kid. Yeah, I have a three year old little girl with a three year old with a three year old daughter. What uh, tell us a little bit about the wife? Where uh, where did you uh, where did you meet her? We met um, ColombianCupid.com. Believe it or not, a dating site. <laughs> That's a real thing. It's you a click, real thing. You, you click on that. Yeah, but if you <laughs> put fish's cousin, <laughs> but if you put like you you know if you're honest and you know put your real age and and all your interests and everything, and so we met, and ever since then, uh, we've been dating, and we dated for about three years, and then we we had a kid. Nice. We got married first and yeah. then had a kid. And it's just, uh, it's been an awesome experience. I was not expecting to have a child. Um, I just wanted to <laughs> just travel with my wife. Boys are stronger than you thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the boys can swim. <laughs> awesome. That's uh, that's wicked, man. Were, were you living, working in Colombia first? Or did yes. you meet her on ColombianCupid.com <laughs> from the States? No, I went to Medellin, Colombia, because I always wanted to work at a university here in Ulsan. I tried at Ulsan Day. I tried down in Busan and Yangsan. And it, it seems like you need connections. It's really difficult to get in. So um, I was working in the elementary school system here for a couple of years. And it, it was a great job, great pay, super people, love Korea. But I wanted to kind of um, expand my mind or, you know, push myself a little more. So uh, with, that, with that in mind, I'm Colombian, Colombian-American. And I decided to go to Medellin, Colombia, and I got a job there. It's a little different than getting a job here. Um, in Colombia, you have to get the job yourself. You don't have a recruiter. You have to pay for your apartment. You have to pay for your airfare. Ah, uh, you just get the job. You got to show up early and do your due yeah. diligence. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, but p- coming out here... And, you know, it was such a challenge mm. that I know I was like, I could do this. I know I speak the language. So what part of your family is Colombian and what do you still have lots of ties there and family or distant family there? Or, I mean, our, our ancestors or families come from Italy, but I still have some cousin my mom's cousins and my mom's cousins kids are all still there. So we do have some distant connections and through Facebook and stuff we can keep in touch and that would make it possible to reunite with them once we get over there. Do you have a similar situation in Colombia or were you just going there blind, knowing Spanish and having a father or mother who was Colombian? Well, my mom and dad are Colombian. Uh, My dad is from La Ceja and that's in Medellin. And my mom's from Armenia. Medellin's the state. It's a city. city. It's a city. Antioquia is the state. Oh, okay. okay. And um, we went out there. They met in Los Angeles and they had me. And all my life growing up in Los Angeles, I just wanted to assimilate and be American. And in L.A., we have a big Mexican population. They go, oh, you're Speedy Gonzalez, Mexican. I go, no, no, I'm not. I'm Colombian. And they're like, oh, that's the same. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's so different, you know? Just like Japanese and Korean. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I learned what <laughs> difference. And I they learned... call us American. Oh. I still get it twice a week. Yeah. <sighs> you know, the biggest, the biggest mistake I made early here was New Zealand and Australia. 
dude, I just said like that's basically the same thing. And the daggers I got after that, it's I grew up fast. <laughs> Coming here, they, they all are, open. right? I mean, that's <laughs> around traveling around the world. That's what you learn. Well, yeah. It's the same for Koreans to think Americans and Canadians are the same. I understand that. Totally different. But if you ask them, they're different. Um, mm. If you if you ask the Canadians, well, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, oh, they're all the same. But they're very, Aniel. very different, right? So oh, God. Once you travel there, you, you learn the differences and what makes them <laughs> similar and what makes them different. So What was great about being here is I learned the, the history between Korea and Japan. It was very sad. You know, it hurt me a lot. And since I love Korean so much, and then I learned the difference between Chinese, Korean, and Japanese, and it's a whole, it's just so, the language, the customs, the, the facial expressions, everything. So now when I see people, and they're, because in, in Colombia, everybody's Chino, you know, Chinese, Chino. No, but you oh, know, it's, a big, too, it's yeah. a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, I love Canadians because they're so easygoing. Good you know, hockey. you want to drink beer, you want to watch a movie, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. But Americans, we're a little messed up, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> we're very complicated. <laughs> Good times. Uh, when you were saying about uh, thinking that the, the Koreans, the Japanese, everything the same, yeah, and it's interesting being in the middle in Korea here because mm -hmm. there's a lot of Japanese influences here and a lot of Chinese influences here. Definitely. And how the kids still learn Chinese growing up, but they they like to distance themselves from China, but the Hunta is still part of the public school system. Um, they all have their official name stamps and Chinese characters still. So it's interesting to see, like, being in the middle sandwiched, you get kind of an understanding of the Japanese and the Chinese's influences here over the years. Um, before you know they kind of grew up and, and became their own identity definitely one uh, one thing that bothers me though is that even still with some of the young with the young generations the anti-japanese sentiment oh there's some kids that are just oh i hate japan i, I don't know i i can't speak on behalf of of Koreans and going to get roasted for this <laughs> at some point, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I don't know how a, how a 12 year old hates Japan so bad when it was because generate. they're just reflecting their parents or families. That's what it usually is. Generations. Yes. Ago, you're not you're not born a racist or born to hate or or born whatever. I mean, you learn that from your. Well, that's kind of interesting that you, you talk about the differences between uh, China and Japan and, and Korea. Um, where, where I live in Colombia, where there's a big problem right now in Venezuela, and we have a lot of uh, people uh, immigrating to Colombia. Right. Bra Brazil closed the border, so right. they're all just coming. And Colombia is not the richest country in the world, you guys. Right. Although the GDP has grown over the past six or seven years, mm. every year. It's yeah, one of the great... haven't hit those survival yet. Survival doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. You're trying to survive. I, that's been going on for years. Yes. It's gotten very desperate in the last six months, but it's been going on for years there. And, man, when you're desperate, you go anywhere except, you know, where you're at. So. And that's the, I mean, even seeing the uh, the refugees show up, uh, oh, there were the Yemenis. Oh, Yemenis refugees that showed up in Jeju. And people are going, oh, okay. And maybe I've been guilty of this too. Yes. Thinking, thinking that all refugees are like, homeless people that are that are showing up but there's doctors and lawyers sure. and it's they just literally can't live in their country you know but i mean people wonder if you had enough money to come to korea well, you're you got money you're rich like what are you, you why have, are you coming uh, here but yeah. they're dropping bombs on my house yeah so i can't stay there i yeah. mean there's no no toilet paper you guys right. in venezuela i mean yeah. and food and medicine sure nothing yeah. now there's no electricity so it's just it's really sad and i hope it doesn't affect colombia and i hope there's not a war or anything there either um, but yeah, it's just a little little point of view there. 
Um, growing up in the in a Netflix uh, society, <clears throat> I'm I'm exposed to Colombian culture only through only through uh, only through Narcos. Why don't you squash some of the uh, squash some of the uh, some of my uh, preconceptions here about the about the dangerous uh, about a dangerous society and it's not like that, obviously. Well, your your day to day life isn't uh, no, dodging bullets and no, selling. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, when I told my mom after I came back from Korea, I checked out Costa Rica to work and live there, pura vida. Um, but in Costa Rica, the cost of living is really high. Beautiful country, nice people. And I realized it wasn't for me. And I go, well, I'm Colombian, so you know, might as well check it out and find out a little bit about myself. And right. I told my mom, I go, mom, I'm 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 thinking about going to Colombia. The first she, first thing she said is mijo. That means son in Spanish. Mm. It's dangerous. <laughs> I, go, I go, Mom, that's the same thing you told me when I went to Korea. <laughs> and Korea is safer than the States. Mijo, you know what's narcos? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like, everybody's mafioso there. And to be honest, I lived there seven years going on eight. I have never seen anybody. And I've been to... I- I've never seen anybody close. Maybe at a casino here and there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. somebody that I don't know. But it's just it's just a myth. Even Colombians. That's why you have to go, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't read the newspaper, watch the news. Lots of the places I went to, my sister and I got stuck in the in the coup in Ivory Coast. Uh, I was in uh, Burma or Myanmar when the uh, the Buddhist monk, all the craziness happened there and the eruptions, and they started taking hostage the Buddhist monks and. I mean, even those things, it's not, it doesn't involve me, so it's not even dangerous to me. There is some dangerous stuff going on, but unless you're going looking for it, you're not going to find it. Uh, it's, it's when I went to Thailand over here, you know, they were doing the military coup or whatever. Oh, yeah. Do you I remember there, that? Yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah, seven or eight years. Yeah. It was like, oh, don't go to Thailand. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it fine, fine as long yeah. as you're not protesting. Those are the best times to go. The plane tickets drop. <laughs> the plane drops. The hotels are empty. You get good deals. But I've learned that through traveling through, through lots of places that... Um, yeah, I've been to some crazy or dangerous places, but even in the Darien Gap, when I was in the middle there between Panama and Colombia, and you know that's all they say: you're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna. But but you're not. That's what they show you on these TV shows or on the news. Or but that's not real life there. The best thing to do is hang out with the people from the country, right. and they're gonna steer you in the right direction. Mm, sure. If you're with a bunch of tourists, you're gonna get. You might get yourself in trouble. No doubt. I agree. And yeah. even when when it got a little hot over here, I mean, I remember a couple. Redneck uncles out west there sending me, you better come home. You better get your ass on the next plane right out of there. Shit's well, going to happen. If you watch if you watch CNN, yeah. they got the, the picture of Trump and the picture of Kim Jong-un, you know, facing down like a rocky drago. And there's a red light flashing behind. And you, you'd think they dropped the nuke, but it's, uh, you know, tensions are high. That's I send the message back, uncle, you better watch out because I think those missiles reached the West Coast now. <laughs> yeah, so no, you're yeah. in more danger than I am. Well, that, it's not coming here. Brian, that's what part of the reason after two years, almost three years that I left, I went back home is because there was that the, the military strike at the island. You remember that? Yeah. And like 10, 20 people died. Just, yeah. and, and the funny thing is South Korea never retaliates. And the rest of the country doesn't blink. Yeah. <laughs> You know, things happen, people die, and they just, they try to, like, ignore it. And They, re- they retaliated pretty heavy in that one. Did I they? Mean, they? They destroyed all where, all where they were launching from. Yeah, I mean, they, they pummeled that area. But in, in general, the reaction is pretty... But if you do, I mean, if they did retaliate, well, which is crazy. I, no, if, if someone punches me, I'm going to punch them right back in the mouth. But if they did retaliate, dude, that's that's war. 
It's a calculated yeah. retaliation. Yeah. You, they know what they can They're do. They're provoking. Mm. Sure. But the Koreans, the South Koreans know what they can do, what they can't do, what is going to set it off, what won't, um, it, for the most part. And that's why I think their reactions and responses are always very calculated and just enough to send a message, hey, but not enough to, to start the big fiasco. It's a big chess game. Man. Well, then when King Jong-un killed his, uh, his, his brother... Oh, yeah. And the girls put the makeup that's on. Wild, that's did, so did you wild. hear the backstory to that? They no. Told, they told them they were on a game show. They said, that, yeah. I, I think they told the women, like, oh, you guys are on a game show. Go, yeah. go, did go they, did they, this th- There was two of them. They set one free and the other one's in jail? Or did, what, what, how did I, that end up? It just ended up in the news again recently. I yes. I, I, I saw about it. And I don't remember what the outcome was. But it was. they made the news again recently that uh-huh. one either was set free or, or paid a fine Jesus. or something. Jesus. So tell us a little more about Columbia there. What what are the, the like, most well, common misconceptions? Well, Colombia is just the people are really friendly. They're really kind, just like Koreans, just like Canadians, just like most Americans. Sure. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful country. A lot of mountains. A lot of uh, a lot of animals. A lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the cost of living is really low. Like Korea compared to the United States, the cost of living is low, mm. but it's almost the same. But it's still a little bit lower. Mm. But in Colombia, I'm telling you, you can get a lunch or a dinner for like two or three dollars. No way. But what what is the minimum wage? Well, now the minimum wage is like three hundred dollars a month. (laughs) I was making a thousand dollars a month. The three dollar lunch is pretty expensive. (laughs) Yeah, balling. eh? Yeah, thousand bucks a month. A thousand dollars a month, and I'm living like a king. No, rent is like two or three hundred dollars. Food is like a hundred or two hundred. Your salary now is a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. You get paid in U.S. dollars or no in pesos. Pesos, pesos. wow. Um, are the people there? Are they as laid back? When I go to so laid back. Oh my god. That's one. We just went to to Philippines in um, in winter vacation there, and just arriving at the airport, it's so nice to see people laid back and and you know kick back. When you're here, everyone's very uptight. <gasps> Bali, 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 Bali. <laughs> gotta go quick, gotta go quick. There, can I use the bathroom? Yeah, man, just go around the corner. And he, I mean, he's sitting down at the airport, and it was oh. <laughs> it's such a such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I find that in most of the developed world, most of the developed cities, they have some type of Bali Bali. Uh, yeah, LA, New York. Or, yeah. And some of the, I, I guess, poor, poor, a little bit poorer countries and, and the poor you get, the more laid back and relaxed it is. Because, I mean, I've, I've traveled all over and worked all over, but I remember in Ghana, I mean, the guys could just lay down on the benches for hours on end and say, Shouldn't you go try and make some money today or do something? I'll do it in a little bit. Not no concern in the world that you know. Just just relaxing. I yeah. It's the number I one hobby of men. Stress, stress, and anxiety relaxing. medicine is not doing well, and uh, big pharma is not doing well in Ghana. Well, in the U.S., you're five five minutes, you're late. Ten minutes, and you're gone. You're, you know. Yeah. But in Colombia, I see some of my students. And they wait for 30 minutes, an hour for their friends. I had a student once, and he, he didn't show up for the first three days of class. And I go, uh, Carlos, uh, where were you? He goes, uh, I'm late. <laughs> three days. I was like, geez, you're really late. So, um, yeah, it's just a different kind of lifestyle. Because of the transportation, they rely on public transportation, sometimes right. the traffic. Yeah. Um, they, they eat lunch at home with their, their parents. It's a different kind of lifestyle for college students. They usually, most of them, 90% of them live with their parents. Mm, nice. And, and they don't leave the house until they get married. 
Yeah. In the U.S., we go away, we live in a dorm, kind of like in yeah, Canada, yeah, yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. And your parents are like, either get a job or go to university. Mm. Um, get out. Yeah. Get out or go to school. But in Colombia, you can be 40 years old and you could still be living with your parents. Mm. And they like that, you know. So yeah. some of the similarities in Korean culture with Colombian culture is family first. Mm. It's something that we're losing back home. But we were talking about this at dinner the other night. We got to go out for dinner. It was nice. And uh, I said, I also used to envy the Korean, the Korean family culture when I moved here. Yeah. And thought it was admirable that they're always, the weekends, that every kid says, I'm going to grandma, grandpa's. I'm going to grandma, grandpa's. And I thought, that's awesome that they see them so much and they, they're around their family so much. Every Thanksgiving, every Chinese New Year, <laughs> family, family, family. But now that I'm married into a family yes. and I get to see it live, it's a different story. I mean, they're all miserable. <laughs> Uh, the uncles, the four uncles sit on the floor. Uh, they drink, sleep, drink, sleep for two days, and then they're gone. And I think, I mean, when we get together for, for Christmas or, I mean, Easter to a lesser extent or Thanksgiving, but any kind of family functions are, you know, charades, Pictionary, uh, any kind of board games. We finish dinner. Everyone helps cook. Everyone helps clean up. And everyone sits down and enjoys a coffee, dessert, or drink and plays board games or Domino's or Mexican train or whatever. Christmas. All night long. Christmas, we used to do Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, it's Don Cherry. Oh, oh boy. It was just the, the, my cousin uh, My cousin would get that. Everyone would sit down, watch that for an hour. But it, like you're saying, people here almost dread women. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, oh, it's the holiday. And then you kind of pull your comment back and be like, oh, you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be <laughs> slaving over the stove. And, so it's gotten better yeah. these days. They, they used to go for two or three days to the... Yeah. to the husband's parents' house. And now, I said, they go for as short as they can, leave, go to their parents' short as they can, and then try and enjoy something as a family, which yeah. I think is also good that they get that chance. But I just found that our family time was so much you more look quality you than look quantity. To it, yeah. There you go. And and because it was only two or three times a year, if you know, once you're grown up and you're spread out across the country, or it's a big place, Canada, as the States... But when you got together, that was prime time. And I'm going back for three weeks. Bry's going back. Those are awesome, awesome times. Yeah. And sometimes I think better than... I remember living in the house together with my four siblings. Sometimes we wouldn't even say hello to each other in the morning. You just take for granted that you all live. You just come, go, come, go, come. Go to, all five of us will go to university in five different cars. We all go to different part-time jobs. All come home. Hey, hey, God, goodbye, good morning, see you later. That was it. We live in the same house. Well, that's funny you said that because that's why I wanted to go back to Colombia because I wanted a different kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I was I was working three jobs in in uh, Florida. I was uh, a teacher in the morning, and I would work at the gym till uh, ten o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, try, selling memberships. I got my degree in kinesiology. I'm basically a PE cool. teacher, cool. and then at night I would uh, valet cars. And make some extra money. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I had my apartment. I had a nice car, 350Z. And I left all that and I came to Korea much happier. A lot of people can't break that can't break that spell. Or, you know, you get the car, you get the apartment. You're like, oh, got to maintain. got to. You know, and sometimes you blink and it's, oh, my, it's been 10 years. It's been another five years. What am I doing? What am I doing? And, dating, yeah, great... and dating is tough. Yeah, you know everybody thinks oh American women are easy and blah 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 all my friends here in Korea <laughs> and I'm like no they're not it's really complicated you know the, that's why I give a base level of credit to anyone you know some people we say hey maybe this isn't for you or whatever but I give everyone a base level of credit for showing up here because 
they took that jump. Oh, to, it's a leap of they faith. Took, they took the risk oh, to, Jesus, yeah. to leave whatever at home yeah. or, you know, the society is telling you, you finished uni, now get a job, get a house, get a girlfriend, get a boyfriend, get married. But no, I'm going to Korea. Huh? What? Okay, well. It's dangerous. Oh, I'm staying an extra year. It's pretty cool here. I'm st- it's what? Are you crazy? I'm still here. <laughs> so I, I, you know what, Dan, yeah. my friend Danny in, in Busan. You meet some foreigners that you just think, maybe Korea is not meant for you. You should go try somewhere else. Well, most of but, them is not. Most of but them is not. I give them the, that credit because, man, they did something that most people aren't doing. And that's just jumping out of their comfort zone and mm-hmm. going to, you know, it's one thing to go to Europe where a lot of us have ancestors or South America, you know, Christian, Latino languages, but the or Roman languages, but coming to Asia's, I mean, that's a, that's a lot different. That's no, very no. different. So I, I give everyone credit just for getting here. And I didn't here. even know where Korea was on the map. <laughs> if you if you showed me a map before I came here, yeah. I couldn't even pick out where's Korea. Two thousand. You don't know where Canada is, do you? Up north. <laughs> <laughs> I learned in two thousand two World Cup where they the they beat the Italians in uh, in the World Cup there. Possibly, wow. possibly, possibly the worst. The worst. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. But they, uh, <laughs> but they, uh, they beat them, and we're scrambling on the maps. Like, whoa, 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 who's? Well, well, the funny thing is, in LA, it's a big melting pot. You got people from all over. So I had a lot Everyone's. of Korean friends, and, and we always speak in English, mm. Cuban, Mexican, whatever, Korean. <laughs> and we play golf, we play tennis, we play basketball. And I go, damn, my friends are cool. So I figured, ah, if they're cool, I'm sure if I go to Korea, they're gonna be cool too. Yeah. And guess what? They were. They are. It's yeah. amazing. That's cutting or making that uh, making that decision to to break and and leave everything is is good. And I found in in my life, you know, two or three times that I've done that were my biggest growth period. You know, first coming here, yes. Second with uh, what year did you come in, Brian? Two thousand seven. Okay, so right uh, around when I came. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, even another one with with exercising the the mentality growing up, going through high school was like you know lift as much as you can. And I remember going. You were pretty buff in the two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Nate, you got younger out here. The kimchi and the soju. But they, uh, you know, changing my mind about exercise. And yeah. I, I remember going home, being able, you know, go squat two two and a half plates. I believe it, but not uh, not being able to to bend over and touch my toes. I went home. I remember my buddies like, "Hey, check out!" It was a, me- a yellow men's fitness powerlifting book. It's like, "Hey, can you do a, a pistol squat?" I'm like, "Of course, of course, I can. I could squat two plates, no problem." <laughs> Dude, couldn't do it, and I had to totally change my mind about uh, you know about how to approach working out, or had to kind of take it one step back and and two steps forward, but. Uh, like you said, making those breaks or, or being aware that you're not in the in the best position. Well, sometimes you're forced to make breaks because in 2007 mm. and 2008, when I came out, it was a big like a depression in the United States, all over the world, actually. Mm. And it was serious. I lost my job mm. um, at the high school I was at because uh, I was a new teacher. So I just, you know, I, I, I was filling out online, you know, uh, applications and and I, they accepted me in Korea did a phone interview and then when I knew it was for reals is when they sent me the contract FedEx and it was in Korean and I said oh shit this is real <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I was just going through it like oh, okay 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 and then when I told my mom she's like oh it's dangerous and then when I told all my friends they're like are you crazy yeah. <laughs> really but then the closer I got to leaving it was really interesting I had some really the people that were most surprised and gave me the most kind of like, what are you doing? Mm. At the very end, they just like, dude, 
I'm so proud of you. How can mm. you do that? Yeah. And then they've just seen me grow. And I, I like, I That's just. That's when you told them I'm going to South Korea, not North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, when I went back to LA, like some of my high school friends, they're living in the same place, doing the same things. And I'm like, oh my God. Now, my college friends are usually, they're mostly married and have kids. So it was great to see them too. And just like you guys, it's just amazing. You That's... guys have beautiful families. And, and when you have a family, you really find out the true values of uh, what's important. Sure. And our lives aren't that important. We just want to take care of our kids. Or, or, do you guys agree? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a joke no. there, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I totally can't. Uh, can't no, yeah. Yeah. for the kids. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I, a couple of things. It's great to have you come back because we don't have people who just come back to stop in and visit. and you know, Or, or maybe they do, but I didn't know them. But I mean, most people who've been in town here over the years, we've gotten to know a lot of them. And most people don't just come back for their vacation. They're going to go to the beach. They're going to go to, you know, a European dream trip. Or they're not coming back to Korea for kimchi. Um, and I was saying, going to say before, if I asked my wife for, wife for a free pass to go back to Ghana just for a week because I missed the, the Kenke and the Banku, um, she, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> not, not the dirty there. Those are traditional foods. Can you define that, sir? But I wonder what my wife would say. Well, you don't have to do that. Why you haven't been there in ten years? Why would you go back there? You don't need that. No, let's go on a family trip. So I think it's cool that you got a free pass and you chose to come back here, and it's great to see. You. It's awesome. I love it. Well, that's the reason I got married. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are beautiful women in Medellin in Colombia. I mean, just you know, Miss Universe, check it out. Um, but uh, <laughs> my my wife my wife is beautiful. But more importantly, she has some really good values, and right. and we have a really great relationship. And so we're not the type that we're like, you know, checking up on each other, texting every five minutes, or whatever. Sure. It's like, you know, that's why we got married, mm. and it's it's just a wonderful thing. That's it's something just, I like about the <clears throat> about the. About, I don't want to generalize all Korean women, but maybe I will. No, I'm joking. <laughs> maybe uh, just about my wife. Just has those traditional family values and. You know, there, there, there's trust in that. I don't know. It's, it's oh, nice, man. I, I see a lot of people at home, or I, not necessarily friends, but I mean, just in the media or whatever. That you know, lots of no trust or let me check your text messages. Oh let my god, here's my phone. Here's my What's email. The, check it out. Point? Why would you? And something that we got married around the same time, and something yeah. that we talked about, like. Why? What do you get married for if you wanna, if you wanna step out or? And that's also with the with the older guys here. Me and Nate are kind of second generation Ulsan foreign teachers. But how much those guys like to party and drink? The 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 best thing I think that they've instilled in us is if you're gonna get married, you, you stay true to your wife. And totally, that's, that, that's a yeah. You just you lie into yourself. Uh, you can't you can't step out. But whatever, family, family whatever you know, whatever, whatever, mm. whatever you know, you mm. like it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um. But I worked my butt off in Colombia. I had class at six in the morning. I had class at uh, in the evening. I'd finish at nine nine thirty in the evening, and then I'd have to grade papers or get ready for the next. It was a really busy lifestyle, mm. and I did that because I, I I'd established credit and uh, I wanted to get a loan, and we bought an apartment. Nice. So I worked my butt off, and I told my wife that, and and then now she got a job at a uni and could help out with the bills. Nice. She was helping out before, but I mean that's a relationship. It's never fifty fifty. It's sixty forty, seventy thirty, yeah. eighty twenty. It's never fifty fifty or ninety nine. And what, you know, so it's something that uh, <clears throat> that I have to tell the wife too. I think sometimes she she feels uh, because financially, <clears throat> like the the foreign husbands are, are usually the breadwinners. Yeah, I said 
without you taking care of the kids or cooking, I can't do that. It's it's totally 50-50. Just because mine earns money and yours doesn't doesn't mean it's any less value. Hello, I'm you know Mr. I mean? Mom now. Yeah. And my wife earns money and I take care of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so. And you know what? I'd rather go work. Well, not I'd rather. It's easier to go work and make money then than take to care take care of the kids because yeah. you have to have patience, um, <laughs> yeah. which I have none. <laughs> um, and um, it's just a whole new ball game. But you know what? Every day is great. And I just thank God that I had the opportunity to do that because my dad left me when I was two years old and I, mm. I grew up without a dad. So I was like, you know what? If I have a kid, if I'm lucky enough to have a kid, I want to be there for that kid. Yeah. Awesome. You know? So That's it's awesome, just about man. priorities, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned going home and seeing some guys who are still doing the same things in the same places. And I find that one of the hardest things going home, the reverse culture shock oh. that I just feel uh, not at all that I'm better or I just feel different and that I don't fit in. And I'm thinking about so many different things. And like these guys bug me that I talk lots. But <laughs> when somebody asks me a question, my whole, you know, 80 something countries that I've been to flashes in, in my head. And I'm, it, I'm drawing from experiences yeah over the last you know whatever 20 30 years and then i feel well guys don't want to hear that people don't know they don't give a they shit they don't care yeah. they don't want to hear even even my mom and dad they're interested yeah. for one day for two days and it's like well how many stories do you have and I'm like, i could talk for five yeah. years <laughs> but but even my most my best audience probably my parents they're they're bored after a day or two, and they're like. Well, Sometimes strangers are more more uh, yeah. you know on the bus bench or somewhere are more so, interested. So in if sports. you tell me you've been to any kind of places, we can we can talk about stuff, yeah. and that's why I think it was awesome that my parents, all my family, my brothers and sisters, my parents, they've all come here. My dad, my sister came to Ghana. We got a different connection at home because we, they know we've experienced some of the same things, some really crazy, wild, cool things. The makuka um, makuku, where you just said before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat, yeah eating kenke and manku with your hands and, and, and fufu and just th- just those kind of things. So I can connect with at least my dad and my, my sister for the Ghanaian level and, you know, those kind of things in Africa. Um, and all of them came to Korea, so they always know, you know, when I post a picture, they can imagine, they can guess. They went to the fish markets. We slept 12 people in my in my two-room apartment. I mean, Fuck, they, they know like what it's shit, like, right? Man. So, but lots of my buddies, like you said, in high school or uni, we, it's just hard to connect anymore. And it's just kind of like, hey, man, how's it going? Good. And we're buddies. And, you know, what's new? How's the family lives? But I, I, I try and not get into any stories. And if someone says, what's Korea like? Well, I could tell you stories God for almighty. 10 years. Yeah. But they don't want to hear that. So I think that's kind of like a, they probably a wouldn't courtesy. Be, they probably wouldn't believe the stories because there's so many crazy things that happen here <laughs> that people don't, you know. But it's like the courtesy question, right? Hey, how's Korea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, it's it's and good. Then, that's well, it. The, well, the guy in my gym's blow drying his nuts. I mean, he's in the sauna. He won't. Oh. He's, he's, he's hogging the hair dryer. Oh, the bathhouses are just a whole freaking chapter, a whole so, book. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you going back, like, one, going back from here to America and then Colombia to America, do you get a lot of that reverse culture shock? And does it, do you feel like you don't fit in anymore? You told me that you're thinking about going back to the States again after Colombia. Uh, part of my hesitation to go home is that I just don't know if I can assimilate back to life at home. Well, I married a Colombian woman, and most Colombians' dream is to go to the United States. <laughs> You know, and um, so we're going to go back, like it or not. And my daughter is three years old, and the plan is, and we're staying on plan, we're staying on courses when she begins school to go back to the U.S. because I want her to have all the opportunities I had 
with my degree. Um, it, it opened a lot of doors. I would not. I would not be the man that I am right now. Mm. And so I want to have. Want to give her all the opportunities. So I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it more for my wife. And then she wants to work and you know get a pension and all that stuff. You know. Um, but really, I'd rather stay in Colombia or go to Brazil or, or Japan or do something different. But you know what? It's about them now. So um, that, that's where I'm at. So, I, you know, I know the pluses and minus. Shopping is cool and Disney. And there's a lot of cool things back home. Also expensive. And very expensive. <laughs> very expensive. Um, in Colombia, education is very expensive, just like Korea. Really? Are, yeah. they, are they as crazy as... Uh... Yeah. Oh really? Not not as crazy because they don't go to school on Saturdays. But English is a priority. <laughs> English is a priority. Um, it's very expensive. The classes um, and they then private private English academies and yes, and private schools. Uh, oh, okay. Like the public school system is not like the best, hmm. so it's expensive. So you know? is that not an option for you then, starting a, an English school there? Um, I, I'm not thinking that way. Or I, does I, your name give it away? <laughs> yeah, this guy doesn't teach English. Yeah, exactly. Mauricio Gutierrez is pretty much as Colombian as can be. I asked my mom, I'm like, Mom, why did you name me Mauricio? Why didn't you name me John or, or Brian or Nate? And, and she's like, oh, Mauricio is such a beautiful name. I go, Mom, it sounds gay. You know? Nobody can pronounce it. So, um, but I'm, I'm, And then I'm, I get to Medellin and everybody's, hey, Mauro, Mauricio. And I'm like, yeah. I'm home. Yeah. Ah. But I'm I'm Nathaniel Tiberio. I mean, Nate is for ease of traveling around the world because people butcher your oh, name yeah. so bad. So I mean, mine. I also. I mean, Nathaniel or Nathaniel Tiberio is also a little bit weird. And what's your last name, Brian Grom? Giro Lametto. Giro Lametto. Oh, I know when I was looking at working abroad, I thought of Italy, but Italy doesn't pay very much, yeah. and it's really difficult to get a job. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's funny too that. I mean, you've seen my name on Facebook a million times. Couldn't pronounce it. You know who pronounces it perfect? A grade two Korean kid who's learned how to read from phonics. You know, you show them, show them the name like, oh, Jiro Lamento. Like, yeah, just like my, just like my nono says. Any any substitute teacher I had growing up, uh-huh. Ryan Girl. Oh yeah, Girl, <laughs> Girl, yeah. Butcher it. Because the one thing I don't know in Canada, you have a lot of people from all over the world, but in the U.S. Man, it's just you. You're born in a state or a city, and you don't leave. Yeah, you don't leave. It's really hard just to go to another city, but let alone another state. Even I mean, my I hometown, don't know how it is in Canada. My, my hometown's the same. It's maybe eighty, eighty thousand, mm-hmm. uh, maybe eighty. Well, close to eighty-five now, but I mean, whatever. It's uh, yeah, not many people. Not many people leave, and you know, I I found out of my group of friends, a few have left, have gone, explored, and traveled. And when I come back, I have almost a closer bond with them just like nate was saying you have a, a deeper understanding or, or wider view of of the world not just not just toronto to mexico on a resort or you know here to um to the resort in the states or you have that that the, being out of your comfort zone having to adapt to a whole my new biggest lifestyle. move was going from los angeles to orlando because my mom bought a home in orlando mm. and she retired out there and i was like okay as soon as i finish my degree i'll go out and i'll i'll, I'll see wrestle alligators yeah so i got in my truck and my dog and threw everything i had and i traveled across 
the country of the U.S. And it was a it was a bad experience. I did not like Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> and living with my mom, you know, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm 30 years old living with my mom. It was just like I, every day. But later on, I now that she's gone, I, I, I really appreciate those moments with her. Absolutely. But the culture is like, you're living with your mom and, and stuff like that. So that move just propelled me to be able to come to Korea. And, and Korea propelled me to be able to come to um, Colombia. And now... I'm willing and able to do whatever. Kind of free, yeah. So do you associate yourself more as a Floridian now or a, or a Californian? Oh, I'm always Californian. I'm always <laughs> L.A. You were talking lots about Miami the other day there. Yeah, yeah. Miami's great, you know, but Miami has more. My God, I, where I was staying at the hotel, um, or the hostel, actually, there was, it was full of Brazilians, and they're all speaking Portuguese, and my messed up Spanish, and we were just <laughs> laughing and, and enjoying our company. <laughs> And it brought back some good times. And that's why uh, I want to talk about Mr. G's English Cafe because I see a big need um, in the world. And this idea came to me in uh, here in Korea because everybody pays a lot of money for hagwans and, and English is so important. Mm. And uh, there's nowhere to practice. You have to go to Canada or the U.S. or Australia. A lot of Koreans go to Vancouver and yeah. Australia. And, you know, why, don't, why not have a place here where you can exchange... Uh, language and culture i heard i heard in busan i was talking to danny yeah. and uh he's, he's telling me there's a place where you could, could exchange and a foreigner helps you learn spanish or they have some language or exchange or yeah groups here they, they do, do the coffee exchange. shops and stuff, yeah and coffee but, shops but they're kind of like thursdays at 7 p.m it's there's not any no i want it in one place no drop in come here and and you know people will will speak other languages um i'm an open one too when I open my barber, let's do it. When I open my barber shop, let's I'm do gonna it. Retrain, retrain as a barber. I already got the name for the place. It's B three, Brian's bald barber, sh- bald Brian's barber shop. B three, I B3. love it. Yeah, it's all in the name. It's all in the name. B four, beautiful Brian's bald barber shop. <laughs> so I'll I, I, B in there. so I don't, I don't want to get rich. <laughs> although I like money, it's great. Um, I just think there's a need. Absolutely. I just think there's a need for something like this, and. Um, I just got to get down and write a business plan. But, so where would that fit in your plans of moving back for school for your daughter? Well, um, Orlando has a lot of uh, Cubans and Colombians and Venezuelans, and so does Miami. Los Angeles full, is full of immigrants. Um, Korea, anywhere in Seoul or here mm-hmm. in Ulsan or Busan, it's just a need. It's just a need to be yeah, able to Yeah, but what about for the education for your daughter? My, my daughter? Because you said you'd move back to the States... For, you want your daughter to go and yeah. have the opportunities you had. If you move to Korea in a year or two, would that change your plans? Or you'd come for you know two or three years, fixed time, and then back to the States? There you go. That's what I would do. Mm. So I got like about two years to, to maybe do a little bit of traveling or anything. Because um, it's tough for a kid to assimilate, especially if all everybody else speaks Korean or English or mm. Portuguese or something. So I don't know about that. but But I also think when they're young... I mean, they can. so many times they're sponges, they can, they're so flexible they can. and, and it'll just build them up for, for future experiences in life. You know, that, that thick skin yes. and the ability to, to adapt and the ability to change that, you know, white suburbia, Canada or America probably doesn't get. Um, no, but so growing up, growing up in LA, you felt, I mean, with immigrant parents, did you feel fully, fully American or no? Not oh, at all. Oh, I, okay. I felt American, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but all my friends would call me, you know, Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, okay. I'm, like, I'm not Mexican, you guys. Yeah. 
like, oh, it's the same. all the Asian guys, yeah, Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, and so it was hard. So I would like say, oh, no, I'm Italian. Or, and like, really? I would lie because yeah. I wanted to assimilate so badly. Ah, interesting. So that that was a difficult I think fight. there's a lot of those divides, very strong divides still yes. in the States, right? I mean, hmm. it's... Uh... I'm, I'm like, I'm American, you know, and I know my mom would speak to me in Spanish and I would answer back in English. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, growing up, growing up in uh, in LA, I think there's like we talked about before. There's uh, some big uh, some big moments. First, you get the '88 World Series. Yeah, that was a big one. You're uh, what I wanted to focus on. Maybe the earthquake. You were uh, you were around for that. You know, in Ulsan, we had one just uh, just two three years ago. Just three. Years how ago. how, been, how big? Six five five. Four point three. No, no, no. The big one was five point seven. Was it? No. Not that big here. Dude, it's 5.1 5. maybe. We, maybe now. It's over five. Dude, it's 5.7. There's a lot of buildings here. It might be kind of scary, huh? But it was just released recently that the it was because of a, a power plant. and It was a power plant in Daegu. Or, yeah, maybe Daegu. I can't remember exactly where it was. Somewhere in, in Korea, there was a power plant and like spraying water, maybe like a fracking kind of deal. And that caused the, caused the earthquakes. Maybe it was Pohang. It was in Pohang, yeah. And that caused earthquakes around here. Dude, it was horrifying. Like, on a world scale, it was nothing. It shook for, like, five, ten seconds. Dude, the I, Japanese, I the shook. Japanese would laugh at it, but it happened, it shook, it happened every Tuesday. For, or no, every, every Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday, for three weeks in a row at almost the same time, oh 7 p.m. or something. Yeah. Three Mondays in a row. No, it was two, two Mondays in a row. There was two. There was really? Dude, sure. what? Yeah. I and remember. Maybe a month later then. I was in I was in class asking like there was a, I had two classes in a row. The the first class the the that was like a four point something. Everyone was freaked out and they said, "Okay, we're going home." And I thought, "Oh, I got one more class. Should I leave? Should I stay?" I, I stayed. Left. You no, stayed? no, I stayed. I stayed. It, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Second one. Never been earthquake. Well, my here, mom man. left Los Angeles yeah. to go to Orlando because of the earthquakes. I came home at night. She left. She goes, "I'm not going to be here anymore." Yeah. I came home and told my wife like. If there's something that makes me move home, it was that. I've never, again, I've, I've trained, I exercise, I feel not invincible, but that I can handle myself. <laughs> I'm invincible, who are you kidding? No, but I feel I can handle myself, I'm not scared, whatever, not that fight or... Dude, that earthquake made me feel so insignificant and, and I powerless and hopeless. It was horrible. When the Northridge earthquake hit, yeah. I was in my room. I was living alone. It, it happens early in the morning. It woke me up, and the walls were shaking, and the and the pictures were shaking. And I thought my house was possessed. I thought the <laughs> devil. I thought the devil came to my. I, thought, I was like, these pictures are awesome. <laughs> I started running outside in my underwear, yeah. and and then I realized it was an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. But I thought I really. I don't know. I guess I'm Catholic, and yeah, religious. Yeah. I thought, oh, my house is possessed. And back then, I was. Doing a lot of crazy things. So. <laughs> wow. That's my a, my first one was up in uh, Seoul. We went up for K1 one year for, uh-huh. the, for the ultimate fighting whatever. KF, K1. UFC, K- UFC kind of K1, kickboxing, whatever. <laughs> championships. Very reasonable price. Way cheaper than going in Japan or anywhere else. And we were, I don't know, eight of us stayed in a love motel or something. <laughs> I and, know that. I know that. Was, I was, On I, the floor. I was the youngest guy and I ended up in the room with two older guys. They got the bed, I got the floor, and we we went home late at night, and we were drunk, and I remember waking up, and the floor was shaking, and I, I didn't know if I was in a dream, and I was like, can you guys feel this? Can you guys feel this? And I'm like, 
is somebody getting really wild in the next room or what the heck is going on? And we just we just wrote it off as we were all drunk and dreaming or whatever. And then once I came home and I had a couple of picture frames on the on the floor and then I looked at the news and they said it was an earthquake. How big? Nine, four, something. There's, there's never been real big earthquakes. Well, in, in, it's, it's kind of interesting. In Armenia, Colombia, they had a really big earthquake. 10,000 people died. And check it out on, on Google. Good Lord. 10,000 in 1999. Mm. 10,000 people. And but now I live that there. I wonder is because of poor infrastructure. Definitely. No, that's what it was. In Nepal yeah. and those. Yeah, I mean, dude, it shakes the, like the, I, I don't think the, I think from what I know, the, the shaking, it can go like parallel or up and down yeah. or it, it, there's like yeah, an up yeah, and down shake and like a back and forth shake or a rolling type of yeah and the the duration of the the duration of it they said the the nines dude it shakes for like five minutes i had 10 seconds i, I could not imagine oh. it one second is an eternity oh I said, the guys in japan i mean one they, second they is get an eternity monthly right the ones that we felt were huge here they get those on a weekly basis time, yeah sure i had my old co-worker she said she was in japan for during a, a six six point seven or something, she was in a in a restaurant. She said it was boo, everything was shaking, glasses, everything smashed. She was crying. She looked around. Everyone was just riding. It, it out. stopped, and then everyone just like, oh, good, get back to work. <laughs> but uh, the, the eerie one about it's the, the infrastructure, the ones, though, it's the infrastructure that the gets eerie it. thing about the ones here was it happened the next week. Like we said, okay, that's a it's once at in the a same time, once in yeah. a you know lifetime here that you yeah. get that kind. It was the next week, the same day, the same time. And like I remember looking and the bed was going like this. I went, this is crazy because some, you know, probably Makali infused agency built this <laughs> yeah. building 30 years ago. The walls are crooked. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't live in a perfectly sound place. And that, I was in a different place. This is going to fall yeah. down. There's no way yes. this is meant. And is there any kind of health and safety that they come and inspect the foundations or... Well, in LA, After, in LA, they do all seismic proof. In no, I don't but know, I'm, ta- I'm talking about Ulsan, man. There yeah, is, there is no. So. In ninety one, in ninety one, no in ninety one, so. it was uh, since I think after nineteen ninety one, the rebar, the reinforced concrete was was mandatory. But if there's no, built but there's that, no earthquake proof stuff here. I mean, you, they talk about Vancouver all the time. I mean, San Fran, LA, Mexico. I remember being in Mexico City. Those oh, buildings, yeah, are, Mexico. those buildings are seven, eight. In Tokyo, they're nine point whatever proof. Jesus. And they can sway, you know, huge uh, degrees each way. But Ulsan's not made for that stuff. I live on the 14th floor in Armenia, and we had an earthquake. And my my wife's like, uh, just recently, and my wife's like, are you shaking the sofa? And I'm like, no. <laughs> she goes, it's an earthquake. And boy, did I get scared for a split no, second there. No. But the newer no. buildings, they're all with the, sure. the seismic proof. And mm. it kind of sways. It's, you feel the sway. Yeah. But Oof. I think you're okay in this building, Bri. I think well, you're the, all right in this the, I mean, when we felt Unless them before. the 25 floors above come down. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I was on the seventh, uh, seventh floor in my old place when it, when it happened. But uh, yeah, this first floor, I'm good for the earthquakes. But when the typhoon rolls in and I'm, I'm sleeping in, uh, in a meter of water, it might uh, be a different I've, I've been to hurricanes in Florida. Yeah. And at least a hurricane gives you a heads up. And yeah, you know it's that, coming. Yeah. But an earthquake can hit you at any moment, any time. And it depends where you're at. Yeah. You could just have bad luck. But, you know, then again, that's life, you know? Sure. Mm. And we can't live scared. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Now, going to Seoul, I was a little scared. <laughs> you know, because it's a big city and everything. That's why the first thing I did is when I got into Seoul, is got on the plane and come to Ulsan. Because <laughs> Ulsan is like home to me. Yeah. You know? Sure. 
I look at you know I I, I just I I feel good. Everyone everyone like that we've talked to so far has has talked about oh you know Ulsan feels like home the expat community here oh and it's so tight it's so tight and back home when you go to United States your friends are cool with you and stuff like that but it's not tight Mm. here here it's like you look after each other people take care of you they know how it is to be alone yeah absolutely and I spent two years babysitting you guys yeah and, <laughs> and you gave us a lot for the people that were listening you gave us a lot of insight but then again there was many people that weren't listening sure you were here for two years before you left Nate. who you was here when how long did you teach here before you went for your your backpacking and then came back i was two years then i left two years and came back and i've been back almost since then huh. and it's interesting nate wanted to work with the public school system just to get experience and see what's going on yeah, well, i did because he was uh, yeah. he did you know he was he had a great job already but he's he, like i want to do something else he came back and you were you were staying at jeffy's house yeah. and he uh-huh. for like man where are you gonna work i'm gonna work for public school oh they, they can put you anywhere he goes no i'm just gonna go there and talk to the principal I'm like oh <laughs> Mr. Lee, I went to the yeah. I went to the you board of ed, and, and they said, "MOE, yeah, yeah, we would we would take you because they didn't even know what they were doing. It they was didn't. the minister of education was up for re-election, so they decided like five <laughs> months before the election that this guy wasn't going to get re-elected, and that he had to do something significant, otherwise he was going to lose his spot. So we said, okay, teachers in every school, boom, and then it was like a panic. So if they could get reliable people that were here already, that was jackpot for them." So we, Gareth and I went right down to the Board of Ed and talked I to the Minister Gareth. of Education here. And, and you know, we got we got our trips to Japan paid for for our visas, which they were, I don't think they were supposed to do. And nobody else got that. But we got to pick our own schools. They said, okay, well, go check out the schools you will like and talk to the principals. And, I want this and one. See. <laughs> said, okay, I'll take this school, please. Said, okay, that school is off the but list. But that program stopped, huh? Uh, From my understanding. Down, downsized. Yeah, yeah, but epic, yeah, my epic, under, epic I, from my understanding, we had a, a teacher in every school. No, no, now, no. Now it's like a, like one teacher for every two or three schools. Yeah. High school and middle school has decreased drastically. I, I believe elementary Why? school still has, because they think the Korean teachers are, are better. Their skill and their ability level is getting better. So. It's not about the language, it's about the culture. Sure. I could teach the can grammar. You, and Can you can you pick, is, I mean, the, the cost, cost benefit, I wonder if it's, uh, if it's worth it for. Unless you unless you had like a, a Mr. G's classroom where kids dropped in and, and hung out, but do you how think- many Spanish teachers are teaching Spanish in the states? Probably not many. Not many. Really, well, same thing, well right? I didn't realize at the time, but really, our job, all these new teachers that came in from Canada and the U.S., the 150 kids, uh, teachers, we actually were there to really help our co-teachers to practice their English. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But the, yeah, I just, I wonder about the, like you said, if, if an hour, an hour a week, you do one class, it was an hour a week, I assume. Something like that. I wonder if that's enough to pick up the pick up the culture, or if it needs to be. Well, well you guys did the after school. Well, where you were. Well, we do. You week. motivate the kids. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And they see the Miguk face or the yeah. Canadian face or the British face, mm. and um, yeah. But I'm telling you, before that, yes, that intake of a huge, I think it was around 220 teachers or something. There was, I, I think, the only African American people I saw in this city was uh, what was his name. I want to say Edmondo, but that's the app. Uh, I want to say Edward, uh, and he was from Nigeria, I believe, at the shipyard. There was a couple African guys at the shipyard, and other than that, I don't think there was an, an African-American, Canadian, whoever, in this country, in this city. And when they took that intake, there were so many of them, like so many people, 220, 
that I think probably 40 or 50 African-Americans came. And that changed the whole city. Because mm. before, directors of private academies wouldn't hire black people. Yeah. Because Not because yeah. they were racist or they didn't want to, but the parents would all take their kids out. Yeah. So they, it wasn't even that the director didn't want to. They might have lived in Africa for 10 years or, or been around African-Americans their whole life. But They'd the parents would withdraw the kids, business, so they would yeah. just sink their business. Well, I'm Latino, so, and I, I tell my students, I'm like, in the United States, you're not blonde hair, blue eyes. You're brown, you're short, you're tall, you're Chinese parents, you're Italian parents. Sure, yeah. you're, that's America, but they they have this you know stereotypical thing, and I'm like no, and names yeah. like Mauricio Gutierrez, but, like Brian Giomiletto, and you know, but do you remember, that's America, or yeah. that's yeah, we're yeah. not we're not you know, especially if you live big cities. Do you and remember I, Lamont? I love and, Lamont. It's so a, funny, and a couple of the other guys, and I mean, he used to say he was Heinz Ward, and he used to say he was Usain Bolt, and, who, and they believed him. Whoever was Emmett oh, Smith, I remember that guy. Whoever, whoever oh, yeah. he wanted, yeah, he was and they would ask. Anywhere I went with him, and I'd say, no, no, this is Heinz Ward's cousin. They'd say, oh, autographs. Well, Heinz Ward's half Korean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would sign autographs, and like, oh. he was everywhere he went, I could introduce him as a, a basketball player, anybody. And everybody would believe it and ask for his. I, I got so, a funny story. So that, that group of African-Americans or African-Canadians that came at that intake changed the whole dynamics of Ulsan. And I don't know if people would attribute it to that, but I do because I watched it. I watched it happen, and, and after that, black teachers were kind of accepted, and now they're Lamar, now is, Lamar now is they're, a great teacher. Now they're in Hogwans, and they're everywhere, just like everybody else. But until that point, it was very, very taboo uh, if you were to see a, a black teacher anywhere. I gotta swear, Lamont and I went to a disco here in Ulsan. Ulsan's a very conservative city. We didn't know that, so we went to the <laughs> we went to the disco, and you know you have to buy your bottle and your fruits and all that. So we're we're like. We're like, okay, they, I'm surprised they let us in. So we're in the disco, and we're like, okay, let's go dance. So all the girls were dancing together, and all the guys were dancing together. So Lamont and me were like, well, what do we do? Let's dance together. It was, it was so gay. <laughs> so we're out there dancing, and then all of a sudden, we're just moving our way over to the girls' side. And then by the end of the night, we were dancing with the girls, and they were having a great time. And... Uh, you know, it's just, you know, you, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And when in Rome, you act like the Romans. Sure. But you can all, being a foreigner, they the Koreans give you, uh, you get a little leeway. A little you pass. Yeah, you got a little pass. Oh, crazy Migu, crazy Canadian, and it's okay. Look at them dance. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then they realize, wow, they're just having fun. But I'm just so it's, happy now that the, the, the mentality's changed. I think this generation of Koreans is a lot more open-minded. They've been exposed to a lot more culture and and. Dude, global YouTube. Global well, like the band, that, the band that we saw, all girl Korean rock and roll band, yeah. hardcore. Oh, you're saying that Sticky yeah. Fingers? I missed that it. Sticky, uh, it was, it was. Uh, yeah, I was fabulous. like, is this really happening? I, okay. I didn't believe it. A few weeks ago, we had the Sticky Fingers guy on the on the podcast. No way, sure. he's yeah. so cool. Oh, he's deadly. He's a great guy. And then we went to that other bar and, Thursday party, and the, he had a little mustache, and he was so, <laughs> the hat. He was so cool. Yeah, Colombian. And I'm like, whoa! And he was just like so hip and so cool. Yeah. You know. And then I noticed all the tattoos everywhere. That's all I was, I was going to mention. I'm like, what's going on? With uh, <laughs> you're saying with that intake of of uh, with that intake of teachers, I remember there was one guy who used to laugh. He had full sleeves and I think some tattoos covered oh, up his neck. Jeremy. 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 And he Jeremy. came with his girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. He tall, had to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest teachers. One of the best teachers out of all of the yeah. 200. Just I, an all-around great person. 
Yeah. Oh, and I, I thought, you know, when they're when they're doing the face check looking for, you know, looking for the, the stereotypical face, they would see him. But when he shows up with his tattoos, they're like, whoa. whoa. But again, he's he's another one that helped break down, help break down barriers. He's and an awesome dude. I was I was there one day at one of the camps when when I don't know, he, he, he reached up to stretch or something and his sleeve rolled up. And and one of his tatties was poking out a little bit, and one of the kids said, "Oh, sir, sir, you have a oh oh oh," and they they pulled a sleeve and went, "Wow, where does this finish? <laughs> I thought that was just a marker or something." But then he showed him he had a full no, yeah. full sleeve tatty, and they went, "Wow, yeah. cool." Hey, now those camps is another story. That's another. <laughs> when is your next podcast? Because we, <laughs> we can talk about those camps, and people will not believe the stuff that goes on. Koreans love to have fun, and they bring out the best out of all of us, like the Canadians and the British, and they make things just. I don't know. It's just really interesting stuff. I would. So I, I would never. Things. I would never sing karaoke, and every time I'd have to sing Hotel California. Welcome to the hotel. That's no. And it's hard to sing. Yeah. Nate's uh, Nate's dad told me, <clears throat> taught me some uh, big chord, dropped some wisdom on me, dropped a huge knowledge bomb. If you're not comfortable singing at the Norebang, you do Suzy Q by CCR. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> That's all it is. Suzy Q. Oh, Susie Q, I love you, oh, Susie Q. Just that's all you got to do. And you know, it's, it's, great, it's great fun. If you let go and let loose, sure. it's great fun. Absolutely. One of the most memorable times are, are Nori Bongs with my, my fellow friends. And then I wonder why those aren't everywhere at home. I mean, kids would love to sing. Oh, the only good. chance I was singing was either in the school Christmas play or in the church choir, which mm. both were kind of forced, but... These kids go in their free time. Every 10 minutes they have, they go and lock themselves, four people in a booth, put in their obegon, and sing three songs between classes. Tack that up to cultural differences. I would never, ever sing a song at home in front of people. Good Lord. Never. Even what's even funnier is that anyone who tries to sing who can't sing, I'll shit on them, even though I can't do it myself. (laughs) Listen to this guy. Those are the best. The people that are having the trouble singing are the best. But but now I've I've been to those little kind of private whatever, like uh, maybe 10 square foot rooms with my family. And my wife sings one, I sing one, Gina sings one, Lena dances or listens. <laughs> but And I guess that's how they start because Gina can say now, hey, let's go to the singing room. And I go, really? You're six or five. You want to go to the singing room? Yes. But if we're in Songnamdong on the walk the Young Street, she knows there's lots of those places and she had fun there and she'll say, let's go to the singing room. And yeah. then it's instilled that... When she's in grade six with an extra two dollars and a couple buddies, she's probably gonna go and sing her songs there. Even even speak even public speaking, I think, is something that Koreans do oh, flawlessly. Good lord! When we're when I'm at the college and uh, they, they have a program where they're sending kids overseas, and <clears throat> always before they go, there's a there's a little meeting where we give them, you know, their farewell or good lucks, and you know. All the professors speak before me. And, you know, when it gets down to three people, two people, oh, no, I'm next. I get the, listen, this is the most relaxed atmosphere in, a, in kind of a little conference room. No pressure, no cameras, nothing. I still get that little anxiety or like, oh, I got to say something. Oh, I got to say something. But you see. You're the not student, alone, Brian. You see the, yeah, <laughs> you see the, see the students stand up. Boom, and belt out a, a two-minute speech in front of all their professors and flawlessly. It's it's unreal, man. Totally, But they totally start the, the class talent shows from grade one. I mean, they got to perform in their class, either Taekwondo or Harmonica. Or but I did, man, I did that all growing up. I did the karate shows. I was always in the... <laughs> 
you know, doing, uh, you know, speaking, uh, speaking publicly for for school with We Hope. Dude, we give presentations to a couple hundred yeah. kids. It's no, uh, it's nothing. But I still get that anxiety. But in the Koreans, you, dude, they look. Uh, cool as a cute because they memorize everything but but my, my anxiety <laughs> used to be it started like weeks before oh my god event, and and then it went to days and hours and now it's like you know beginning of a new semester and you get a lecture hall full of kids and and now it's maybe like two seconds and then i'm okay this you is the same as every I, time. I think it's normal it's kind of gone i think now. it's normal yeah and but, it does give you that the, for me i view it as a positive thing maybe my heart's pumping more i'm getting more blood to my brain i'll, I'll perform better i don't know if that's bullshit i don't know you guys are teachers science. sometimes your best <laughs> classes are your improv classes Absolutely. has that ever happened sure. yeah, yeah sometimes um, your most planned your best planned classes just flop and yeah, you're like sure, what sure, the heck sure. happened yeah. so you go with the flow you see what's working what's not and um a lot of times it depends on the students i think you what, feel the Ryan's energy students at tune are experts yeah. on gsp yeah, I do. You know what though? I think if I'm if I'm interested in in what I'm teaching, then the the kids can feel the passion or or you know or, or take something from that. Yeah. So I do. I use I use fighting. I use all all the things I like to teach whatever the the concept is. Right. What, what did I use the GSP videos for? Oh, just the, I think it was. Injury, maybe injuries. I don't know. Oh, and but, they love hearing about you. They want to know where, where you know, who, who you're married to, where you've yeah. been, oh, you know, yeah. what kind of car you drive, whatever. I used you to have a car. They love hearing about you, and I don't really like talking about myself. <laughs> I used to divulge you know? everything in the first class. No, no. But now, no. now you drop little seeds yes. here and there. Hey, two, you know, after midterms, you're like, oh, but I'm married. What? Yeah, I got two kids. What? Exactly. (laughs) You know, and Nate, you being the 80 countries, you know, you probably have a lot you want to say to them, but you just keep it short and simple. And... And if it's it's a special class or special students, you you open up a little bit. Well, yesterday... you know, it's... When it's... I think when the... uh, what do you say when the information is is got uh, is received is real i don't know like um what's the word? Na- uh, naturally or organically maybe okay well, when you get it organically this is people are, are more connected whereas if you met them first time they're like hi i'm nate i've been to 80 countries they're like oh who's this dick you know but like you said halfway through the semester it's the same i think when um when you're when you're meeting people at a party, or if you introduce yourself, oh, I'm, I'm Brian. I drive a Mercedes. I don't drive a Mercedes. <laughs> you know, I drive a Mercedes, and I have three successful business. I don't have three. Well, a lot of people either. are like that, though, Brian. It's a funny thing. But yeah. I mean, if you if you had made a connection and you're sitting down, and it, later in the night, it just comes like, out. It, it just comes uh-huh. out like you drop your keys. Like, oh shit! Look, I dropped my keys <laughs> to my Benz. Yo, you got a Benz, yeah? Oh, and having a good, <laughs> and having a good sense of humor helps in the classroom. Absolutely. And I'm Absolutely. really sarcastic i'm like oh yeah over there jose is always falling asleep because yeah. he's really falling asleep and everybody all the other students yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 that's so then they, they just like police each other it's so you funny can't, uh, yesterday i was out at the college there and half half probably two-thirds of my my foreign class are, are muslim students from central asia uh-huh. and i just noticed when we were done that usually they race they get their stuff race out of there go to lunch and that half of them didn't move and then I just went, what's going on? Today's a little bit weird. Did I finish Ramadan? 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then I went, uh, you guys are, are celebrating Ramadan, right? And they said, yes, yes, yes. So I, I went over and I was chatting with them for a bit. And one guy's from Burma and or Myanmar. And uh, so I, I've been to lots of these places. And I started pulling up some pictures. And I told them, you know, you guys, we were talking about uh, Ramadan and fasting and why some of the students had gone for lunch and some didn't. And who who fasts, who doesn't. 
And a couple of the kids fast, but they don't pray. Some kids pray, they don't fast. And everyone has their own little different version of what they do. And uh, I said, you know, and and we might think, oh, praying five times a day seems such an inconvenience. But Shin here, he wears a skirt in Myanmar. Every man wears like a, a skirt. And the the one kid from Uzbekistan says, is it like the Scottish one? And I said, no, this is like a Cinderella one. And they, <laughs> and they started, and Shin goes, yeah, yeah, it's like a Cinderella one. And they were laughing, laughing and said, can you bring it on Monday? Bring it. Oh, wear it, wear now it, you're wear connecting it, with Tom. Wear it, wear it. And he's like, no, I'm never going to wear that thing here. You guys will never let me go. And uh, so then I started pulling up some pictures and then. He eventually pulled his up and he said, look, here I am in my skirt or my dress. Oh, and they're like, oh, that's my God. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And I said, you know, all of our cultures have something that, you know, is really cool and something that's maybe an inconvenience or not as cool. But that's what we get from traveling. You're is that connecting we get, with them. We get to learn about each other's cultures and countries. And, you know, he was sitting there with them not eating. And I said, Shin, are, are you, I mean, come on now. You're, you're probably a Buddhist, right? From from Myanmar, and I said, "You're not fasting. How come you're not going for lunch?" He goes, "I'm on a diet." And I said, well, there you go. Shin's on a diet. They're fasting for Ramadan. Hey, he's still still part of the same party. So, well, you know, sometimes as teachers, we forget that every student is different. Maybe they might not eat. Maybe they might be getting sure. hit at home. Maybe their brothers or sisters are picking on them. Yep. You know, maybe they live with their grandmother. Yeah. We don't know, the, especially in the public school system, we don't know these things. And sometimes we just take for granted or jump to conclusions. Oh, they're not studying. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they're working all night just yeah. to make ends meet. So I've learned that um, try not to be so judgmental and, and uh, try to help them. We, even on the, on the weekend there, we had the, the festival. The we Hope. What a great festival. It's cool, eh? God, the, so, global, the global man, festival. I, I guess Goose Pimples just thinking about it. I love... Tehuaro Kong, I yeah. love the river and and the people and just oh god, yeah. it's beautiful. Some of the some of the volunteers though, there was one kid, right? Two just two quick stories about volunteers. Yeah. What the one kid? Every time I walked into the tent, it was boom, head head face down or you know head on the table playing his game under the you know playing his game on his lap on his on his uh, smartphone. Yeah, that's normal, buddy. Come on, sit up. You're here representing representing. We hope you gotta. You know, you got to put some effort in. Two minutes later, pff, same thing, same thing. And then he's sitting in the back of the tent by himself. And I thought, I, I hate to keep ragging on this kid, but, you know, and he, I just tried to encourage him, bud, you need some water, you want something to eat, you okay? But like you said, it could have been, he could have got a beating last night from his dad or grandma could have died yesterday. Who who knows? Who knows? So, I, you know, you don't do too much. But even more shocking than that for me, the who are the Eunice students that were there from not, was, were they Uzbek? Uzbekistan. Tajik, there was two Tajiki two, students. Uh, and I asked them. A couple of Kazakh students. We, we were laughing and joking. And I said, tell me some funny words in your language. Tell me tell me a swear word. And the one kid would not. He would not tell me a swear word. He's like, I'm sorry. I don't swear. I said, dude, you're not swearing. You're just teaching me how to do it. He goes, please, Brian, ask my friend. He, he can tell you. Oh, my God. Dude, the nicest kid in the world. So good. Oh, hey, man, there I is got, hope. There yeah, is hope. Absolutely. Well, listen, the, the kindest kid. The semester started eight week, ten weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, these the the Muslim group had just come over. The, Muslim, the students, the Muslim students, had just come over uh, fresh off the airplane, and they had gotten here. And of course, MT this membership training stuff that they go with their groups and the students. Uh, for an overnight trip is very common here amongst all the university kids. 
And they had gone and they came back and I was asking, what was the highlight of your membership training, this MT trip with your with your other fellow major students? <laughs> and they said, I got drunk for the first time. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then the other ones, I was like, the Koreans are crazy drunks. And they hadn't seen that much alcohol probably in most of their lives. And cases, and, you know, soldier. five cases. or five or ten of them said, no, it's crazy. I don't want to go again. They were all drinking. It's crazy. And four or five of the kids had the best time in their life saying, I got to drink and I drank so much. I was so drunken. It was so fun. And I was so free. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't even think like, you know, usually they're team building and they bring all the students together and they do events and games and stuff. That is team building, but, getting drunk with your but, classmates. But, but with such a, such a divided, you know, group and how to entice or convince them that it's okay or not okay. You know, it's okay if you don't want to. That's fine. That's okay. But this is the cool group and we're getting goon on so do. You want to join or you want to be in the Wangta group over there? So anyways, that was one funny one that I had this semester. But I was going to say, back to what you said, the understanding. I think that's where a lot of my growth has come from uh, be, since I've been here in, in the last five whatever years. Just patience, yeah, understanding, and always thinking, I don't know why this person's like this. There might be a reason I yeah. should be gentle and, and just try and put, guide them or push them along gently and encourage them because you don't know. And yeah, they might just be straight up lazy or, or have a shitty attitude, but... There's also chances that you have no idea what's going on. And I really think I've really learned to be a lot more patient with them and just try and guide them or show them the way a little bit instead of pushing yeah. like maybe I used to earlier in my career. That's experience. That's my, experience talking. My steps my steps were, <clears throat> first one was always like, this kid is lazy. Yeah. Well, what the <laughs> hell is going on? What a lazy student. What's wrong with this kid? I would blame the student. And then next step of experience was blaming myself like, Oh man, my, maybe my class isn't isn't exciting enough. And now it's just it could be it could be both. But what we talked to uh, Rogelio Garcia, our first guy on the podcast, uh-huh. uh, something that he brought up that's that's so true is that reflecting back on your self reflection, self reflection always on your, on your thing. If you're not doing that, man, what do you, you're just spinning your always. tires. You're gonna always. keep making the same mistakes, having running into the same things. So 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 important. I think. I mean, growing up at home and stuff. I mean, I think I had zero patience. For, for anything that I didn't think was the right way or whatever. But so, so, so different now having kids and a family and in-laws. Well, there you go. Being students, a father. Students yeah, yeah. from all over. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to get <laughs> ang- angry and frustrated <laughs> for all these things. Well, it's easy. Just take a step back, breathe, maybe look at what might be causing these reactions. Or well, these some, sometimes as a father, I don't forget teaching. As a father... We think our three-year-old kid, our two-year-old kid, is, is thinks like an adult. They don't. They don't have an idea. Oh, so I was doing the wrong things with my daughter, and we we're so noticing. I think sometimes my daughters are, are adults. I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got some pretty good tricks. And then I just realized I'm like, okay, just let her go. Let her go. Let let yeah. you know and and try to do positive reinforcement. Have more patience. Talk to them. That's and good. and and it worked. I, I, we've seen a difference with her her speaking. We've seen a difference with her being you know lovely and kind and her yeah. personality coming out and it's okay if if they write on the walls or jump on the bed or not my goddamn a, house exactly <laughs> and that's what my first reaction i have a new apartment i was like oh my god yeah. and now i'm like oh she's just a kid yeah, yeah. drag she's the bike down the side of your new car <laughs> <laughs> my kid hasn't done that but i just yeah it's, there's a lot of things you become more accepting yeah of. so 
Oh, it's uh, it's interesting, and in, in even uh, having a uh, a second kid, yeah. the the differences in personality. I mean, I, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I've raised them. I've raised them exactly the same. Maybe the the, the my first was a little more. Uh, we coddled them a little more than the second, but dude, totally different personalities. It's so weird to 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 see even at such a young age how they how they start to you know how their paths are already on a you know they're already on a different trajectory it's pretty i cool. learned one thing though. Cool whatever you say to your kid you have to you have to tell if you promise them something you have to come through with the promise oh, yeah. if you say you're gonna get an ice cream if you do your homework whatever you best get an ice cream mm. you know whatever you say you have because they remember mm. Oh, yeah. And that's what builds that bond, and that's what's going to take you through the, the hard times in and life. And my son knows he gets he'll get his dinner after the dishes, laundry, and uh, and washing the cars finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, they uh, actually that's I I saw a list before of, of house chores that kids should be doing, and at, at what age I gotta find I gotta dig that thing up. Chores are good. Discipline is good. Absolutely. Have to learn to the, say no. The no, chart. The they, chart on the fridge, man. Yeah. Did you do this? Did you do that? How many points do you have on your chart today? Did mm. you did you do all your duties today? Sure, yeah. they need responsibilities, man. It's they kids don't know if they have. I think if they don't if they but, don't have those those boundaries to to play with, and then it's it's probably confusing as hell. We know. think by giving them toys or having fun or going to Disney or all that that's good. No, it's giving them rules and learning how to say no. Sure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, you know they're gonna have their tantrums, but yeah. that's how they learn. Yeah. Okay. On a different note, I gotta. We don't have a lot of time left, so I just want to touch a few other ones. What uh, what did you miss, or, or coming back now and being back here, what did you miss the most about Korea? I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> well, the food is awesome. You know, at first I hated the food. That's the irony. But even, even coming back, is the first one, is that, oh, that's the taste I missed? Or was that, hmm... They're a little stronger, more potent than I thought no, it was. Or, even, the, I mean, even the kimchi. Is that like, more man, this is good kimchi. I remember? <laughs> it's a little good. Got a little more micro dust. No, the, just, uh, <laughs> just, the, just how modern Korea is and, and just um, uh, the food and just uh, the, the transportation, the public transportation is really good. I went on that KTX train, got so fast and, and just, uh, and the taxi guys are still the same taxi guys, you know. You got to be yeah, careful. Just trying things. to trying to guess your uh, <sighs> guess your nationality. Oh you god! <laughs> you know? So some things some things are always the same, you know. So would three, four, five years later, would you come back again on a on a few day stint again just for a vacation? I to, think the next time taste? I'm going to come back with my family. Yeah, nice. And, and it's not going to be three, four, five years. I think we'll just you know make it a plan and we'll come and show them this is where dad. You know, before he met mom, this is where, you know, he hung out. <laughs> Finish that sentence. <laughs> you know? I'm not, not going to add anything. <laughs> That's a Because Korea is so exotic. I mean, nobody, everybody goes to Japan and Thailand and China. But Korea is like, who goes to Korea? Nah. But Korea's got so much to offer. Sure, I agree. And that's it. It's often jumped over because, you know, it's not Tokyo or Beijing easy to fly into. You, lots of times you have to get rerouted through Japan or China. So... The people just skip it, but yeah, it is pretty, uh, pretty cool. It has, it does have a lot to offer, and has a lot of history and culture too. Yeah, one thing. Cool. Uh, I was going to turn then back to Colombia. Yes, you got married there, and you've been there six, seven years, eight years. You said, what are some of the traditions and and culture there that you you find appealing and 
different than in America or maybe stuff that surprised you compared to what you were brought up thinking living in America as, you know, a, a well, Colombian American. Well, what's so awesome in Colombia, we got holidays, like like two or three holidays every month. So you got three-day weekends like twice a month. Oh my God. Yeah, every like. And what am I doing here? And it's like. <laughs> you schedule those holidays well if they're always on Friday or Monday. Yeah, yeah because. Korea, they're on Wednesday every time. Because they're um, religious. They're so religious. So, and then Christmas is just like for one month, everybody just takes off. Um, Easter is really religious. Yeah. You know, Easter. In the United States, we barely even celebrate Easter. You know, maybe on that's Easter because, Sunday. I don't understand. That's because you have a six month hangover from Thanksgiving. <laughs> Nobody does Thanksgiving like the States does. But Semana Santa in, in Philippines, I mean, oh. wow, it's huge. The whole yes. country shuts down. It's I never realized how I thought we were from, you know, Catholic or Christian areas, but Oh no. Never. Man, some of these places, South America and, and even like the Philippines, oh my gosh. During Easter, I mean it's that's holiday central. So a lot of holidays, um, very hard working. And um they all work on Saturdays. I thought here in Korea was kind of funny how everybody goes to school on Saturdays. Do the kids still go to school on Saturdays? No, no. that's been gone for years. Yeah. yeah okay, I, I remember that. I was like, really? On Saturdays? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted me to teach on Saturdays. I'm like, I know my contract's Monday through Friday. Yeah, but Saturdays we have class. I go, well, it's not in my contract, so uh, I don't, you know. <laughs> that's, uh, our wives growing up went to school on. They my went wife, to school my wife Saturday. taught on Saturdays. <laughs> She used to teach every Saturday before we were married, but then it went to then it went to three Saturdays a month, two Saturdays a month, then they scrapped it. Yeah. Well, the kids here in Korea they, they go to school all day long, then they, they go to the hogwans for math or science or English, and then uh, they come to school on Saturdays. It's yeah. like poor, they get home at ten o'clock at night, and these are little ten year old kids, yeah. you know. And that, it's like, what are you doing? Too much. And then they come home and play video games all night long, and you're like, they don't sleep, they don't eat. <laughs> two, there's two kids. It's the craziest thing in the world. Uh, two kids that live in this complex that go to the gym in the morning. I kind of show them around what to do. Uh huh. But the other day, I saw the kid on the leg press and just like half asleep. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you coming here for? He's like, I got home at like twelve thirty. Like it's six thirty in the morning. What are you doing here? Go 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 to bed. Oh no! I wanted to get my workout in. I'm like, you're gonna die when you're, you're gonna have a heart attack when you're 20, dude. <laughs> Relax. Go home. Take a nap. What are you doing? Ah, they need Jeez, to play nice. a little bit more, and I'm glad to hear that they're not uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Are Are you close with your wife's family, or do you get any? I mean, I'm sure your parents gave you some Colombian experiences growing up, but I mean, do you get any really cool Colombian culture? Being they're from married? the same hometown, yeah. Pretty much being yeah. married to a Colombian. I mean, like. I think we get a lot of insight into there's a whole different experience after marrying a Korean. Mm. I mean, I'm still learning. I mean, it was different after you had kids. Life became very different dealing with, you know, in-laws and culture and the ceremonies and all that stuff. Getting married was a different uh, experience. So sure. Mm. And and it's still still evolving, still changing. So what about there and being married to a Colombian? Well, it's very family oriented and you go to the, the now see in Korea, you go to the husband's family oldest brother in yeah. the family but in colombia you go to the woman's family you tend to go to the woman's family oh cool so um well not so cool <laughs> <laughs> um so it's very oriented that way and um it's just it's just different because uh just the values and it's hard i i'm 
I try to tell my wife that, you know, we're a family now, so we got to do things on our own. In New Year's, for example, New Year's. New Year's is a day where you spend with your, your mom and your dad and, and you go to church, whatever. I told my wife, I go, New Year's is where, as a couple, you go out and you leave your kid babysitting or, you know, it's not about family or church <laughs> yeah. and be thankful. It's about drinking, dancing, and having mm-hmm. a good time. So I, I'm American, so I told my wife, Christmas, we'll do your thing, but New Year's, is our thing okay so it's a give and take in a relationship yeah. and in here in korea what do they watch the sunrise yeah if you new, yeah. new year's day 4 a.m freezing freezing your yeah. butt off with the whole <laughs> i'm like so oh it's cloudy we, back it up guys we quit that tradition after the first year <laughs> my god yeah that's... yeah so it's a give and take it's a give and take but do you my, feel my, my, close with their family do you feel accepted and oh yeah Totally. But I sometimes, because I'm Colombian-American, sometimes I think they forget that I'm American. Right. Okay. And because I speak Spanish. Yeah. You know, here, you can't forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but over there, you know, Mauricio Gutierrez, I'm brown-skinned. You know, they, they think I'm Colombian, but I try to tell her, sure. yeah, I might be able to speak Spanish, mm-hmm. but... My brain is American, so yeah. you know sometimes we're a little bit rude. Sometimes we, you know, we say it as it is. You know, mm. you know, kind of so like Korean style. You kind of say face, you know, and but Americans we're really direct, and then you that, know? That, and that kind of kind of makes issues. Yeah. yeah, it comes. That off, brings comes me off. back to when when you said you're American, but you're not really American. And in Colombia, you're trying to say, "Hey, I'm I'm American," but in America, you, I'm not Colombian. I'm American, and they don't think yeah, you're I'm American. somewhere in the middle, <laughs> right? It's really it's it's that confusing. We it's hear so when confusing the, when the Gyopos come back to Korea, and Korea kind of they either think they're Korean and they want them to be Korean, but they can't speak Korean, so they're kind of rejected. They're kind of rejected at home because they're not really American. They're Korean American, and I just feel bad that that kind of lost in between floating. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to happen with your kids? Are your kids Korean or are they Canadian? Both of you guys. Well, we, we talked about it last yeah. time. I, I try and get them to embrace their uniqueness, that they're different and that they have, you know, they have something different. The best different of both worlds? And, and yeah. Hybrids. They're, they're hybrids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's what they are. And I don't, I think, you know, all the people we know with older kids, they have gotten picked on and bullied at school for being uh, hybrids. <laughs> um, but we said that doesn't mean going home, you're not going to get picked on. I think they get picked on at home too. And if it wasn't for being a hybrid back home, it might be because they had glasses or braces or too fat or, I mean, there, there's a million ways, right? You can get bullied. So, And again, it comes down to, I think, how you, first, how the, when it's, um, you know, when we're walking and someone says, oh, it's a foreigner, you know, how our reaction now is going to influence how our kids react. If I... Someone says, "Oh, look at the look at the bald guy." And I turn around and give him flipping the bird and <laughs> and, and push him down. You know, that's a, my kid's going to see that and, and assume that's how you, how he should react as well with hostility. And I, I don't think that's the that's trying to teach him acceptance and understanding. And you know, you're going to see different kinds of Koreans. And we, tra- my daughters, have traveled lots. His kids have traveled. And when we go back to Canada, we see all kinds of different people. And that we're all just people. Exactly. But but being in Korea, which is such a monoculture. Very conservative. Very conservative. Conservative in a monoculture, it's a, you stand out a lot more. Colombia too. But, you know, when we're here, all of my wife's family says the girls look exactly like me. But what happens when we go to Canada? They look like her. They say, all my family says they look exactly like my wife. Because they look, <laughs> they don't look like me. They look part Asian, which is my wife. And here they don't look full Korean, so they look like me. So already... 
right? Like my whole family's, oh, you look just like your mom, just like you. And here they say, you look just like your dad, just like your dad. Oh, that's Nobody what, says kind of in the middle or you got part well, of each. Or That's really interesting, Nate. Um, part of me living in Colombia is because I want my daughter to understand the Colombian culture, the, the holidays, the Semana Santa, the Navidad, Christmas, yeah. all that stuff, the Amaria Pues, the sayings, the, the food. I want her to know that and her to be proud. Yeah. Where she comes from. Because me, I denied where I came from. Yeah. And then I, it took me a while to find myself. And through traveling and to coming back to where my parents came from, my roots, I learned a lot about myself. And I want to give that to my, my daughter. Yeah. And at the same token, I want her to be able to be a worldly person and, uh, you know, speak two or three languages and have, you know, because that's where we're headed to in the future. That's globalization. Yeah. Not the future. That's now, man. That's now. Mm. Every country's, I mean... That's why I can't believe America doesn't make Spanish their official second language. We used to, you know, laugh and joke about the Africans when we were younger. But when I went there, I got a rude awakening. I was on the border of the Ivory Coast in Ghana. Uh And those kids spoke three or four languages each. Maybe they didn't have pencils every day, but they could speak three or four languages, no problem. And I thought, that's embarrassing that half of our country can't even speak French. Or more than half doesn't speak French. Sorry, guys. I was lucky to control (laughs) English and French. But, man, we're, we're looking and, and, you know, we think we're so much better than some of these poor countries. But are you kidding me? Those guys, three, four languages. There's Jacques Cheroux there. That, uh, or that's not his name. But he, uh, we called him Jacques Cheroux. Oh, yeah. Dude, he spoke five languages. Five languages. All the kids at UNIST, the kids here at, at the college, they speak Russian, Uzbek or Tajik or, or Kyrgyz, English. Now they're learning Korean. I mean. Yeah, he, and then were, he learned Korean and Spanish while he was here. And just... The, we we served at uh, our buddy's uh, our buddy's bar there. We were working on uh, working on one weekend, and there happened to be a Spanish girl and a and a Russian guy. And he was taking talking to me in English to the Koreans and pop 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 pop. And I was just going, "What wow. are you doing?" But outside of yeah. outside of and very naturally, too, Africa yeah. has a very high level of English compared to Korea Unreal. and Colombia. A lot, but that's why I envied the Europeans lots because they were they were always so. Close proximity to so many languages. If you were in France, you could easily learn Italian, German, Spanish if you if you chose to. But I know that. But in Canada, I mean, it's English, French. But if you wanted more than that, you have to actually go out and seek it. But I mean, in Europe, oh, it'd be so cool to be around so many of those languages. And they're all a little bit similar, but all just different enough that if you could know the difference between Portuguese and Spanish and Italian and sound sound good, it'd be a big leg up. You go to Miami and they speak Spanish more than English. Sure. And Portuguese and French. Sure. You're like, whoa. You know, I, I joked around. I asked this one lady, I go, do you speak English? Because <laughs> everywhere I go is, diez dólares, blah, blah, blah. They're speaking in Spanish. And I'm like, you know, I want you to speak to me in English. Yeah. So I was just I was just sarcastic. I yeah. just, do you speak English? Well, we There's a black San- lady and she started laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Cause when we were in San-, yeah. San Diego, there wasn't much English going yeah. on. Um, and, you know, in Singapore. It's crazy. In Singapore. The All Indians, English. The Chinese, the Malays, and everyone speaks a, an English with a different kind of accent or, or kind of dialect, but they all understand. That's the official like, language, right? In oh, Singapore? I can barely understand you guys, but, you know, there's three Indian kids, two Chinese kids, uh, three Malaysian kids, and they're all speaking English to each other. And I was just like, wow, you guys are incredible. And they all speak their mother tongue and another one, but it, it was just amazing that they all understood each other, no problem, and speak a, as fast as we do with their kind of dialect or their accents and they all understand each other no problem but it was so hard for me to follow 
I, I was. Surprised. Do you do you speak to your daughter in English? Only in our house is only only English. So wife and me only only speaking, English only English to them. And then when they're at school or with grandma, grandpa, and how about you? Everything's in uh, they, Korean. I speak only English at home, or well, I yeah, I speak only English to them. And the majority of the time, my wife speaks probably half English, half Korean at home. But their life outside of the house is ninety nine percent Korean. Mm. I said before, I think I was telling you on the weekend that if we're at the park or something. I don't need to attract attention to myself speaking English to my daughter when everyone's going to stop and freeze and look at the big Weigook or whatever. So I'll just maybe directions or instructions in Korean just so we fit in and we don't attract any extra attention. But other than that, it's always English. My wife, just Spanish and I, English. Mm-hmm. And, but then now I've been speaking, speaking a little more Spanish because my daughter, isn't her, her Spanish isn't developing as quickly as the other students. Mm. But from my understanding, that's just because she's just trying to sort it out. Yeah, and don't, don't worry about that. They'll all be... Even I was telling one of my students today who's 20... How old are the kids? 20 years old? 19, 20, 21? 20, and she was saying like, oh, teacher, how do, I, how do I get my English better, blah, blah, blah. Oh, is it too late? And my, I said, man, you're 20. Even my, when my wife went to Canada, I think she was 20. She said she had studied English her whole life, could only speak yes or no. Coming off the airplane, like, yes, no, I can understand what you're saying a little bit. Only reply was kind of, eh, yes, no, yes, no. And I mean, she's a completely fluent, fluent speaker now, you know. Awesome. So but but it also, right. they go in leaps and bounds. I mean, I remember bringing Gina to Florida. Oh, and she yes. just spoke one word, one word, one word. Her, she understood everything, yes. but she just didn't speak fluent sentences, parts, expressions. But after I went to Florida for two or three weeks to mom and dad's, and she came back and she was like, all of a sudden she was fluent. And Lena's kind of like that now. Lena speaks words, 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 uh, expressions, some fragments. But we're going this summer, and I, I assume the same thing's going to happen. She's going to get three weeks of intensive English, and she's just going to go boom, boom. And all of a sudden, the it'll be... Does. She'll Switch be full English. Yeah. Well, guys, please visit me in Orlando, Florida. I should be there in about two years, I believe. Well, I was going to say, what do you have waiting for us in store in Colombia before we wrap up here? Tell me what I can look forward to if I make it down to Colombia. Um, the most beautiful landscapes and scenery in the world. Um, you got beaches, you got mountains, um, you got nature, which in Korea, it's mostly... You know, sometimes you don't see so many animals and so much stuff like that. Mm. Come so, on, they have chipmunks and squirrels. <laughs> I saw a deer. I saw a deer about 200 Once, meters away from me. Yeah. Um, but in <laughs> Colombia, you see iguanas, you see um, monkeys, you see alligators. I mean, I've been to the Amazons. I, it, it, I've been to the beaches. Uh, watch the Will Smith video on, on YouTube. Uh, he went to Cartagena and he goes, the thing I like best about Cartagena is the people. Just like in Korea, just yeah. like in Canada. Yeah. I haven't been to Canada yet. My wife uh, lives in Montreal and she speaks. Uh, my wife's sister. Lives say, in, how many yeah. wives do And she um, um, says that Montreal is just an amazing place. I'm going there in the summer. I love Montreal. I'll I'll the be, architecture. I'll be there in a beautiful month, yeah. city. So it's French, Spanish, and English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that's one one place. And Quebec was one place <laughs> in Canada. I mean, growing up, there was the kind of anti-French sentiment. When I started learning French, that was when the uh, separatists. What, the separatists. They wanted. They we had the referendum in Canada. Yeah. Whether, whether to Quebec stays as a as as a province or we separate, but uh, growing up, we, we always had this. Uh, Quebec, oh, those Frenchies, whatever. Dude, I, <laughs> I swear to God, I went there that I really felt 
for the first time in Canada, culture, like a deep culture. Maybe maybe it's because I was I, I, I was on vacation with friends, but I agree. The it, first time I can remember going, it's a different, it's a completely different feeling. And then, I mean, from Montreal, we met up with uh, the guys we met in Thailand. There, uh, we went down to Quebec City. Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's it's a different country. It's a it's a completely different country. I can't wait it's to go. It's really cool, man. Really, I cool heard Toronto is one of the coolest cities in the world. And Vancouver, <laughs> and Vancouver is a beautiful city. They, oh, Everywhere has their own little identity, you know, right? Banff, they're they're all cool for a few days, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I could live in a lot of them, but I mean, well, maybe last last one. I was telling you the other day, but yeah, we went to L.A. and we stayed in Hollywood, and the first the first night we woke up uh, in the morning and it was a murder. You know, my wife was getting drilled by the police. What what happened? Where's the getting all her information? I said, "What do you mean you were talking to the police?" Anyways, there was a she said, I was talking to the police. I stepped out of our room and there was a dead body outside. <laughs> and I thought, Welcome we paid back. we paid 300 bucks to avoid the riffraff. How did we get stuck in the middle of this? Not in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were telling us. Not in Hollywood. I never I, even went down to Hollywood so, in L.A. Really? No. There's, there's some cool parts of L.A. We really enjoyed our, our two days there. But, yeah, I don't need to live in any of those big cities. No. I prefer the smaller places, but they all have their cool characteristics. And, and next time, next time we have, or next time uh, we meet, I want to hear more about the firsthand uh, riot, riot experience. There's a lot of crime going on in LA. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you just you just know where to go and where to be and yeah. what to do. Yeah. You know, no doubt, no doubt. But anyways, listen, dude, we're uh, we're winding down on time here. We. Nate told me you were coming. It was probably what a month ago that you booked your ticket. We've yeah. been really excited. So glad you got out on uh, on the weekend on Saturday. You guys had a good night out on Saturday night, and very happy to have you in here. And I'm sure everyone listening, if there's anyone listening, is there anyone <laughs> listening? They, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they they really enjoyed your uh, your perspective and and your good words about Korea and uh, and everything you uh, you had to say there. Anyways, dude, thanks so much for coming. Thank out. you. We hope to uh, hope to see you again or meet up. Who knows where. But hopefully uh, soon. Yeah. All right. Do it again. Take care. Have a good one. Later, guys. Thanks for listening.